Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Yankees Death Star podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, I'm here with a couple buddies. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, obviously, I'd be doing even better if we had got the win, but no doubt. we're all about uh, making sure we put up uh, episode after wins, after losses, no matter what, because... Let's face it, you know, the Yankees are our team, so we love talking about the Yankees. Obviously, we get a lot of energy off the wins, and, you know, the losses are, um, we're going to be a little bit bummed out, but um, we're going to have a great show, and we're still going to feel like we got the loss tonight. I know that for sure. So, how you doing, Dave? Man, I'm doing good. I, you know, it sucks, again, losing an extra innings, especially to the Oreos, uh, but uh, this is just a really good job by our, our guys to be able to go out there and do what they did. I was just really impressed with, you know, uh, uh, Tyon's pitch. I mean, this guy is going to be big for us. Yes, he gave up two home runs, but to be honest, I, I was w- more impressed with just the way that he kept control of his command, and I guarantee he's going to come back in a big way. So let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the postgame uh, wrap-up, so we're going to break inning, um, break down inning by inning to let you guys know exactly how the game went. Uh, who played well? We love to talk about that as we're talking about the innings. Uh, we like to talk about where the pitches were that we liked. Uh, we're also going to make sure that you guys have an opportunity to hear who uh, batted what, box score, and all that other stuff. So also, uh, we're also going to be breaking down uh, Tyon's first start. Talk about the Tampa Bay game that is on Friday evening. And that's going to be Kluber versus Hill. We'll break down Hill and what we've seen with him in the last uh, few times that we faced him. Um, And then the last thing we're going to talk about, which I'm going to lay this up right here for Matt so that Matt can take over from here, is Matt has some uh, player news and some uh, pitches that he was like um, wanting to break down that he didn't get a chance to do last episode that we're going to allow him to do right now because what he has to say is uh, pretty valuable. Yeah, full disclosure, I had a chance. I just uh, I missed it in my notes when I was going through it. But uh, I was going to mention yesterday to uh, to look for Chapman if he were to get into the game today to look for him to maybe throw a splitter that he's been working on. Um, he's been working on it for a little while. Uh, it's not completely new, but um, he's he's kind of recently introduced it into his repertoire um they mentioned that it was partially due to his velocity slowing down a little bit on his fastball and he's still through 101 tonight so it's not like he's slowed down very much i haven't seen him throw 104 in a while but yeah um so yeah and then he did get into the game today and he struck out the side in order uh and the first two guys he struck out swinging were both to the splitter so it's kind of uh it's not as drastically slower than the fastball as like a curveball um but it it does drop down it's not as fast it's kind of in between as an off-speed pitch um and uh he had it working tonight so look for him to keep using that going forward since it uh he seems he said he was about 90% uh confident in the pitch so i expect that to increase and for him to continue to use it to get people out so that was cool and yeah um 
I was really excited about Tyon overall, just before we go through it. Um, he did really good. He gave up a couple of homers. Um, the first few innings, I, I didn't really see anything that looked like crazy nasty, but it was just really solid, and he actually was perfect through three innings. So he did really well, and you could tell he was happy to be um, be back on the mound you could tell that he um you could tell that he felt good on the mound he looked like he felt good uh he pitched well and even though uh we were behind when he came out of the game he once he got to the dugout he was all smiles and so i'm really really happy for him that he he's gotten to get back into baseball uh just a little history on him that we haven't touched on that uh they mentioned during the broadcast he was drafted 11 years ago in the draft in 2010. He was second overall. So he had a lot of promise uh, at a young age. People thought he could be a really good pitcher. Um, he, was, he was second behind Bryce Harper and right in front of Manny Machado. So um, a lot of talent there. And unfortunately, he's had a lot of a lot of injuries he's had he had a Tommy John surgery in in 14 and in 19 he had sports hernia surgery and he battled he's a cancer survivor he he got testicular cancer that was diagnosed in 2017 has come back from that then he had Tommy John for the second time and didn't pitch any of last year so yeah, just, just the fact that he was on the mound and he actually looked like a major league pitcher is really awesome. I was happy to see it. Uh, wish we could have gotten him the win. I was hoping that he could get uh, a dream scenario as he gets through at least the fifth inning so he qualifies for the win. And then we score some runs in the bottom to go up 3-2 and give him the win. But it doesn't always work out how you want it to. So let's get into the game well, now before before you say that sure. man did you see tyon's face after he came out of the game and he was sitting there next standing next to cole he had the biggest smile on his face like to me like he didn't care that he gave up t i mean i'm sure he cared that he gave up two home runs but he was just so stoked to be part of the game uh, again that's passion that you see to me if you didn't see it I would highly recommend you go back and try to find a, a video of him smiling next to Cole because that is a smile that, to me, it was it was a sigh of relief. It was like, I didn't think mm -hmm. I could get back here, and now I'm back here. And, you know, you get those, those chills and those moments. That was one of those moments that, for me, I definitely got chills because I recognized why he was so happy and why he was just into that moment. So awesome job by Tyon tonight. He didn't get the W, but guess what? Dude was amazing, and he's going to be a huge help to this team. There's a reason that he's going to be pitching third on our uh, list, and uh, it's just going to be exciting to see how he, he's able to work with this pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I expect him to have success throughout the season. He's showed a lot of promise. Uh, that curveball, he really likes that, and that's really deceptive. He got a lot of guys on that, so I'm excited to see that throughout the rest of the season, and let's just hope he can stay healthy. Because that's, I mean, yeah, he's had enough. He's had his fair share of injuries for an entire career. So let's just leave him alone, shall we? All right, let's get into the game. Uh, the top of the first, 
Tyon takes the mound. He's pretty excited. The fans are all pretty excited getting to see him for the first time in a Yankee uniform. Um, he gets the first guy, Mullins, to strike out. Uh, and he, he struck out on a miss bunt, which was... I don't really know. Uh, maybe that's kind of Mullins' strategy. But it's a little weird to see a leadoff batter uh, take a... Uh, show bunt and uh, on on two strikes because if you for if those that don't know if you have two strikes you can you'll strike out on a bunt even though you don't swing the bat if you don't hit it and you are holding the ball the bat in front of you to bunt if you're showing bunt um, and you hold it there and you don't hit it then it counts as a strike even though the 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 pitch that he struck out on wasn't over the zone, but it still counts as a strikeout. So it's a little weird to see him do that uh, leading off. I guess they just decided to go for it since they've had no luck. Uh, they At least the, the Orioles are going to break the 12-game losing streak. They didn't give us. For them, uh, 13 was lucky because uh, they held us off of that number. So I guess I can't be too disappointed now that I think about it, about losing to the Orioles. Um, let's get, you know, next series I expect us to get back on track. But anyhow, so they came out aggressive, didn't work out in the beginning. He struck out, got a ground out and a pop out. Then DJ LeMahieu comes up uh, leading off as he does and flies out to center. Uh, Aaron Judge wasn't in the lineup tonight. Um, I didn't see an explanation. I'm assuming it's rest. I'm hoping that he's feeling fine and it's not uh, that something's sore. But I didn't, uh, I didn't look into that, so I'm not exactly sure. I think it's probably just rest. So Torres took his spot uh, at number two behind LeMahieu. He drew a walk. Hicks lined out. Stanton got a single. So we've got runners on the corners, but uh, Clint Frazier popped out to end the inning, 0-0 still. All right, so going into the second inning, like Matt said, we are 0-0. Nothing exciting happens in the second inning. Literally six guys up, six guys down in the second inning, and that was it. So going into the third inning, it was 0-0. Matt, what happened in the third? Well, uh, Tyone back on the mound. Uh, as Dave said, he got three up, three down in the second, as he did in the first, and he continues that through the third. Um, Ruiz, he got a fly out, got a pop out to Galvis, and he struck Urias out swinging. Um, I've been calling him Urias. I think it sounded like on the broadcast they called him Urias. So I'll have to look into that. I don't want to mispronounce a an, an Orioles name there. And I uh, mis mispronounce everybody's name, so please don't get off on like one little <laughs> name right now, all right? All right, will do. So uh, Tyon is perfect uh, through three innings. Nine up, nine down. Love to see it. Going into the bottom of the third, Brett Gardner gets on base with a signal, sig single. DJ LeMahieu also singles. Gardner moves to second. Uh, Glaber struck out, 
Hicks works a full count and then singles to uh, center field and scores Brett Gardner. And then Giancarlo Stanton grounded into a double play to end the inning with runners on first and second. But we score a run and we go into the fourth up one to nothing. All right. So going into the fourth, uh, <clears throat> again, like Matt said, uh, Tyon was perfect, but he wasn't perfect for long. Uh, off the second pitch, Mullins hit a 406-foot uh, bomb to right field. Uh, Tyon did a changeup right down the dead center. Uh, Mullins had a really good read off of it, obviously, and that was gone. You know, this is something that I like to see because, to me, this is what Tyon does, and it proves to me that he's going to be a big-time pitcher for us if he can stay healthy. Next batter up, Messini struck out swinging. That is big, and this is why it's big. Because the next person up was uh, Santador. This dude hits a bomb again, a 401-foot uh, um, home run to right field, right center field. Uh, this was off the second pitch. Again, he just put it a fastball right down high center, got smashed. There is not much you can do about that. But the next thing that happens is Tyon gets out of the inning by striking out the next two guys. I was stoked about this. Yes, he gave up two shots. We're down 2-1 going into the bottom of the fourth. But to see our pitcher settle down and get two strikeouts um, in a row right after he gave up a second home run and he got a strikeout um, after he gave up the first home run shows me that he has heart and that he's going to continue sticking with it even though things get a little crazy for him. Let's go into the bottom of the fourth. Fraser strikes out. Bruce grounds out to the pitcher. Sanchez is walked. Now, this is, again, something I love to see Sanchez. He loves to take it deep in the count. Uh, he did this again. He was able to get, uh, you know, one strike, and all the rest of them were balls. He just did a really good job recognizing that they didn't want to pitch to him. Uh, there was the last ball that um, they pitched. I thought it was a strike, but the ump did a... a, a kind of a horrible job with the strike zone tonight uh this was to me one of the ones that i looked at it i was like man that that was a strike that sanchez got away with uh but again it went both ways it wasn't just that then urshela singled to right uh sanchez got to second and then gardner stepped up and he fouled out to third that was unfortunate i know gardner was really upset about it uh but there's not much you can do about it so going into the fifth we were down two to one tyon Takes the mound again in the top of the fifth and starts off well. Strikes out Severino. And then Ruiz got a single. Uh, and then Tyon struck out the next guy, Galvis, on three pitches, which was nice. Right, yeah, they they bring uh, Nelson in for Tyon, and it's not because Tyon was struggling he had just reached a point um, in the number of pitches he threw that they decided was enough for him for his first start. Uh, he threw 74 pitches, which is not bad. Um, most pitchers don't go, don't most pitchers don't reach 100 even if they're doing well uh, nowadays, unless it's a really big game or something. So, 74 is a good good spot for him on the first start. Uh, of this year coming back from surgery and all that so uh that makes sense and then uh nelson came in for the uh third out of 
the top of the fifth and uh, gets Urias, Urias or Urias, either one, out on strikes. Uh, and Nelson is always fun to watch. Uh, he throws he throws so hard, and his changeup is is really nice. It fools a lot of people. You get to see a lot of batters swing out of their shoes before the ball even gets there, which is always nice when it's the opponent. So, bottom of the fifth, Lemayhew leading off, grounds out. Torres gets a single. Hicks strikes out, so Stanton's up with two out, one on. He gets a single and uh, moves Torres to second. Then uh, their starter gets pulled as well, also through four and two-thirds. Um, Means comes out. Means did a really good job. He's he's the ace of their staff, and he did exactly what they needed him to do. Um, he just allowed one run. And he gets replaced uh, with two outs in the bottom of the fifth. So Dylan Tate, formerly of the Yankees, briefly um, replaces him and gets Frazier to ground out to end the fifth inning. Now, am I wrong when I say that uh, Dylan Tate we traded for Zach Britton? Is that correct? Is he's part of the That's package? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. Ha. See, once in a while I can remember something smart. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, Nelson. Uh, Nelson comes up to the top of the sixth, and he makes quick work of the top of the order for this Baltimore Orioles team. Uh, one, two, three, up, and three, down. That was really fast. It was nice to see Nelson clicking. Uh, I love his tattoo work that you can see peeking out of the uh, uniform. That shit's on fire. Let's go ahead and talk about the bottom of the six. Uh, Tate is still pitching for Baltimore. Bruce grounded out to, um, to first. Sanchez doubled to left. Uh, this was a hit that it looked like the guy had a really good read on it. It was just inches out, outside of his glove. Uh, Sanchez, uh, man, you know, that's just one of those things, man. It was really interesting to see. Urshela flied out to center. Sanchez was able to use that to move up on the bases. Um, and then Gardner struck out again with runners in scoring position. Uh, I know Gardner is, again, not um, not happy that he got out twice like that. Uh, but you know what? We're going down 2-1, um, down, um, getting into the stretch here. And this is when it's Yankees time. So it was interesting to see what happened in the next few innings. Yeah, uh, Nelson did his work effectively and entertainingly. Uh, he gets replaced by Darren O'Day, also entertaining because of his unique delivery. Um, and kind of funny, I noticed uh, on this first uh, at-bat that O'Day is pitching to Ryan Mountcastle. He throws five pitches, and they're all... The, the fastest is uh, 78.9 miles an hour out of all five. Doesn't throw a single one, even over 80. But... And... Uh, and he's got he's got some uh, yeah. Regardless of whether he's throwing a fastball or an off-speed pitch, it's not coming very fast. But it still has a unique effectiveness just because of the angle he's able to throw it. Uh, it confuses batters. So he throws five pitches in the seventies. And the way that he releases, it's almost as if the ball kind of like lifts up. 
mm-hmm. it releases. And he just releases it so low that when the first movement on it, instead of coming down like sometimes it, the ball does and with normal pitchers, it kind of goes up and swings back and or swings towards the, the batter or away from the batter, whatever he is, he's doing. It's, it's incredibly yeah. unique. It's very powerful. And the fact is, is that having a sidearm like that um, or a unique release like that has allowed him to stay in the majors as long as he has. Yeah, everything moves from, assuming if it's a right-handed batter, everything moves from like just straight forward from the batter on their side of the mound is where the ball is released. And it always it cuts across and goes at an angle and ends up on the opposite side of the strike zone because of how far over and how low he's able to throw it. So he's just fun to watch and doesn't obviously doesn't throw heat, but he throws what he needs to throw. Comes in here in the seventh and does exactly that. Gets Mountcastle to line out, strikes out Franco, and Severino grounds out. So we go into the bottom of the seventh. LeMayhew once again leading off an inning, gets a single. Torres lines out. Aaron Hicks had Aaron Hicks had a good at bat. Um, this really pissed me off, though. Um, that I mean, Aaron Aaron Hicks works a full count. He gets pitch number six, and it is clearly doesn't doesn't cut across over home plate. Doesn't clip the corner. It's completely outside. It's not way outside, but it's definitely clearly outside by an inch or two and the umpire didn't make a call right at first Hicks sees it he knows it's outside and so he started walking to first and then that's when the ump decides he's going to call it a strike and it pisses me off because I got the impression that he was probably going to make the right call and call it a strike uh, and call it a ball um, until Hicks presumed that and started to to walk to first. Maybe that's not what happened. Maybe he just has bad eyesight. It's one or the other. But either way, it was annoying. So Hicks strikes out swinging instead of reaching. Um, so now there's two outs and uh, two outs and one on instead of two on and one out for Stanton. Stanton comes up and strikes out swinging. So unfortunately nothing went nothing got going in the in the seventh for the yankees you're right nothing got going in the seventh but man it got going in the eighth loisica let's talk about loisica right now um he gets up there gets three up three down again this was big our 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 bullpen is keeping us in the game um it's allowing us to even look at having an opportunity to win it so it was really big to see uh again we are down two to one going into the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Frazier grounded out to third. Uh, this was kind of, you know, frustrating here because Frazier seems to be struggling right now with his bat, but that's okay. Uh, we have a lot of faith in Frazier. Uh, he seems to really get it and he's going to bounce back for sure. Bruce grounded out to shortstop. Again, we are sitting in a position where we have two outs. That's it. Two outs. Uh, Sanchez singled to center. This is with the play that, uh, not the double one. This is the single one that Sanchez came around the bat on um, bag and he was jogging, barely running at all. Uh, only got a single off of a clear double. 
Uh, that was something that he got pulled out and Talkman got pushed in there, which was an amazing move by Boone. Because what happens next is Urshela comes up and he doubles to deep left center. This allows uh, Talkman to run around the bases. And the second he turns second base, uh, Phil Nevin is calling him to go to home like he is watching it this was the perfect thing because there was no hesitation at all uh talkman was able to see it and immediately recognize that he was going to third he started watching his feet to make sure he had the foot count so he could tag the bag whipped around third base comes running down there is uh gardner gardner is sitting there right behind home plate saying go to your right slide to your right slide to your right he's pointing to where to slide and guess what happens? Talkman slides in after the tag. I mean, if it wasn't for Gardner and Phil Nevin doing what they did um, for Talkman, not a chance that we get that run right there. That was an amazing job by Gardner to stay in there and point down where he needed to slide because that was a huge, huge, huge thing to see. Next thing happens is Gardner steps up and he reaches on an infield single to first. Urshela got to third off of this. Uh, we were put in a position to get another run. LeMayhew was up, and he grounded out to second. That was really unfortunate, but we are tied now 2-2, two to two, and there's no way that we're going to allow them to win this because we pull our, our man up in there from the bullpen. The one and only Chapman comes in the game to start off the ninth. Absolutely, and he was incredibly effective. I do want to, yeah, uh, unfortunately, LeMayhew uh, still having kind of a slow start to the season. We had a guy on third. It would have been cool if we brought him home. And then Sanchez, there's going to be a lot of people ripping him for not running that out. You don't know for sure if he could make a, a second, turn that into a double since he's not a uh, super fast base runner, but you'll, you want to see your guy hustle regardless. Um, I don't know if he thought it was going to be caught. Um, I don't think he thought that it was out. Um, so I think he thought he was going to, going to be caught anyway. So he's just started slowing up, um, made it to first, but what happened was Talkman would never have got that photo finish coming into home if Gary had hustled out that double, then it would have been a it would have been an easy play. There would have been no cool story about Talkman coming in and burning through all three bases to get home. So credit to Gary Sanchez. He wanted to set up the moment for Talkman so that Talkman could run that much further for the photo finish at the end, and so that Nevin and and Gardner could give him instruction and we could pull together as a team and get it done. So so, so essentially you're saying Sanchez is the real MVP here. He's the real MVP. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> love it, man. Love it. So that gets us tied. And we're in the top of the ninth. Not a safe situation because we're tied, but we bring in our closer, Araldus Chapman, Try and shut them down, hoping that we can do something in the bottom of the ninth. And Chapman does exactly what you want. Uh, like I said, he did utilize that splitter in this outing. He threw a, uh, a four-pitch strikeout to Cedric Mullins. 
and the strike he threw uh, three four seamers that were all strikes they were just fouls so uh, that's why it was more than three pitches um, and then the fourth pitch he goes from 102 miles an hour that the guy that uh, Mullins fouled off on on the third pitch to uh, prevent a strikeout then gets hit with he's just seen three in a row four seam fastballs at or above or around uh, 100 miles an hour plus so then he sees one drop 10 miles an hour and drop uh down lower into the zone uh than the first four by a ways it wasn't actually a strike the first three were strikes forcing fastballs and then he throws the splitter he confuses Mullins Mullins got his timing way off because he's all of a sudden facing a pitch that's coming in 10 miles an hour slower and it looks like a fastball that's going to stay on the same exact trajectory as the first three and instead it drops down because of that grip and because of the decrease in speed it's way low out of the zone he swings at it for the strikeout same thing happens with the next guy Trey Mancini he also strikes out swinging on the splitter. Then Anthony Santander strikes out swinging, just like the first two. It wasn't on the splitter this time. It was just on a 102-mile-an-hour heater. So Chapman does business. Cuban Missile hits his mark. What's up? Yeah, man, I just want to throw this in here with Chapman's pitches and his selection of pitches. Uh, this, The last pitch that he threw to Santander uh, was a sinker at 101 miles an hour. This was something that was <laughs> yeah, just totally filthy, especially because the first pitch that he gave to him was a slider at 83. And then he gave to him a little bit of a heated one at 97 four seam, then a 98 four seam. And then he gave him a real slow 83 slider right there. It caused a massive issue. He swung at it, just looked like a fool. And then he comes back. And he gives him a sinker that 101. Like, that was a filthy, filthy pitch. Like, to me, this is Chapman at his very best. That splitter that he added, let me throw this in here. He threw three splitters. Each time, they got slower. That's something that's to keep an eye on. The splitter, first splitter, it was at 91. Uh, the second one was ni- or 89. And the third one, which was a filthy pitch, was the guy um, got Messini- um, striking out that was only at 88 miles an hour uh, that is going to be a filthy pitch that he could go to especially if he gets it you know in the mid 80s to late 80s uh, that really yeah. just gives pitchers or batters a really hard time not knowing if it's going to be a slider or a splitter or a sinker I mean come on man this is this is exciting stuff that we're watching him do right now uh, really good stuff there it's making me glad he he feels like he's losing some of his velocity, even though he threw it 102 in this game. Um, and there's not a lot of pitchers that can even do that, even uh, even at a young age. He's I don't know how exactly how old he's in, but he is. But he's been in the league for a little while. He's got to be around 30 something. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know who else could even throw. A sinker 101 miles an hour I mean that's just insane like because you don't have you don't have quite the same grip on it as you do with the with like a four seam fastball or even a two seam fastball and that was only his second 
fastest sinker of the game. He had a 102 sinker tonight. That again, this is this is insane. Like he's adding pitches and different speeds to all of his pitches. Chapman is a filthy, filthy man right now. Uh, I would not want to go up against him ever, ever in his life. But now that he's actually adding pitches and he's proving that when he's losing velocity, velocity, that velocity, that he's going to continue adding pitches that is going to make him an even better closer. I think in the long run. Because I think he's always mm-hmm. going to be able to hit those, you know, mid to high 90s. But if he has five or six really filthy pitches that he's added, like he could be one of the best closers late, you know, into his 40s, into his late 30s. So he has a long time in the major leagues if he still wants to. Yeah, he said he's only about 90 percent uh, comfortable with the with the splitter at all. And from what we saw, if that's 90 percent, holy cow. Yeah. Um, wait, wait to see what 100 it is. <laughs> exactly. So I'll just, since we've been talking about it, I'll just mention that a splitter is another term for a split finger fastball. And that's kind of what it sounds. You split instead of your, uh, your two fingers that you hold on top of the ball being close together. You spread them apart kind of where they're almost straddling the baseball. And then when you throw it, uh, that helps prevent backspin on the baseball, and backspin helps keep fastballs going straight most of the time. So without that spinning, um, spinning motion to keep it going straight and to keep the momentum moving forward, it allows the pitch to drop, um, drop in altitude from you know either above the zone, into the zone, or in the zone, out of the zone, or just within the zone, just make it harder for uh, the batter trying to aim for the area because they keep seeing all these uh, four seamers that come in pretty straight and then they see one that comes in at the same speed and it doesn't say straight it's it's going to be nearly impossible so I'm really excited that he's added that I'm looking forward to continuing to watch him get people out with that so bottom of the ninth Glaber grounds out Hicks flies out and Stanton grounds out. So we're getting free baseball going into the 10th, tied 2-2. Two to two. All right, so now we get Green coming out of the bullpen. Um, Green was able to – now we have to throw this out here. We're, we're starting with a, a man on second base. Uh, for all those people, um, you know, um, that d- didn't know that, this is a new rule that was implemented last year. Uh, we saw it. It worked it in our favor a couple times, but now twice it has not worked in our favor. Uh, it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But in the tenth, uh, Mount Castle grounded out to third, um, so we were able to um, keep the runner at second. Uh, Franco grounded out to the pitcher, but they were able to get the guy to third, um, and then that's when um, Severiano uh, got hit the ball to shortstop. Torres got it. And I don't know what happened. I don't. I don't pretend to know what happens with a 23-year-old when he makes a throwing error. Something didn't happen good though. Uh, he threw the ball and it did not go where he was intending for it to go. And they were able to score off of it. So now they're up three to two. Uh, the next batter stepped up and struck out swinging. So Green was able to get out of that inning with only one batter, um, batter or person scoring. Bottom of the tenth, Yankees are down three to two. Fraser struck out swinging. Bruce struck out swinging. Now we're sitting in a place that we have been so many times before. Two outs. 
and we have a chance to do something here. Higgy steps up. He was substituted in for Sanchez when we moved Talkman out, right? So this was really big to see him get his first at-bat to step up and single to right, and Wade was able to run around and yet again get another amazing play at the plate. This was a great job, um, great running by Wade, Un- just unbelievable by Wade. I think they said he's one of the fastest in the league to be able to run that um, amount of um, space, and it's really why he was able to score. Um and then Urshela struck out swinging. So now Urshela, because of that, he's going to be on second base starting the next inning. So that is something to keep an eye on as we're going into the top of the 11th. Yeah, that's right. Um, we kind of took advantage of the way you're allowed to do substitutions because you can have a pinch runner. So when Gary Sanchez got on first um, the other inning, um he got on first and then they pinch ran for him so he went to the bench he's not allowed to come back so now talkman's in the game in place of sanchez but talkman's not a catcher so he came in as a pinch runner and scores does his job and scores and then when we go back out um we no longer have a catcher so as long as talkman is in the game so higgy is able to come in as a defensive substitution. So basically, Talkman went into the game as an offensive substitution and came out um, by a defensive substitution from Higgy. So he doesn't actually have to play um, offense and defense both. They're allowed to do use both of those switches. Um, so yeah, that's why that's why he was able to come in and he never played in the field. So Higgy's catching in the top of the 11th, and they get their man starting on second as well, Rio Ruiz, and uh, Freddie Galvis, first guy up, out on a sacrifice bunt. Uh, It's called a sacrifice because he did it even knowing he was going to be out, so he sacrificed his out to move their runner from second to third. Because now they have a runner on third, which can be which can be driven in just with a sacrifice fly or something. Um, so they they're willing to give up the batter's position to move their runner t- to uh, to 90 feet from home. Then Chance Cisco singles and does exactly what they wanted to do. Singles Rio since he got moved. Um, by the sacrifice to third, he is able to score on that hit. And then Cedric Mullins, next guy up, walks. Pat Valeka goes to second. They got runners on first and second. Trey Mancini then walks to load the bases. And we're able to get the next two batters to strike out to end the top of the 11th. But they have scored. It is now four to three, and the Yankees have one last chance, unless they tie it, like they did before. Brett Gardner, first guy up, good guy to have in extras. He is out on a sacrifice bunt, does the same thing, moves Gio Urshela to third. Then DJ LeMahieu lines in to a double play. Last thing you want 
Um, one thing I can say about seeing LeMayhew fail in a lot of positions that would have been really nice for him not to fail so far this in the first six games of the season is that I don't feel like I have to worry about him at all. I know he's going to come back and return to form and he will, whatever the opposite of regress to the mean is, he's going to move up to the mean and uh, he'll be fine. So unfortunate and I'm sure he's getting, he's probably getting a little bit frustrated, but it's still really, really early in the season. So I expect him to turn into the DJ that we know and who he signed to a big deal. Yeah, yeah, man. And again, this is to me one of those things that we have to just sit back and watch DJ. I think DJ will be okay. He just needs some time to figure out his timing and the swing where it's at. Um, I'm not too worried about DJ. If you look at uh, the first 200 games, he ranks second all of all time in the first 200 games for as many hits as he's had. He's had 273, I think. And um, the first person um, was Dom. Was it Dom Maddenly? No, not Dom Maddenly. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I need to look at to see who that was the first. But he had 300 hits oh, yeah. in the first 200 games. Um, but I, again, um, this was at one of the Yankees' greats. So he he ranks in the you know very top of of that. That's something that's really exciting to see. Um, I'll, I'll need to look at the rat and let you guys know next episode who ranks number one in the first 200 um, um, games. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and break down the box score. Uh, I want to give a huge shout-out to Tyon. Uh, he pitched 4.2 um, innings tonight. Um, he only had, gave up three hits. Uh, that is okay, especially with two of them being home runs. He's going he's gonna to cut that shit out pretty quickly, I bet. Uh, he had seven strikeouts. That is big. Seeing seven strikeouts from him is something that I like to see. And then we were able to get um, pretty effective uh, innings from all of our um, 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 bullpen pitchers. Uh, everybody really did a great job um, from Nelson, O'Day, uh, Loisica, Chapman, and Green all pitched an inning. So these guys did a really great job at, at closing out uh, the game and making sure that we were able to stay in the game especially being it as a low scoring game as it was at two to one um, looking at this right here uh, we were three and 14 with runners in scoring position three and 14 that is not good um, last game we were two and 11 but we were able to put seven runs up on the board tonight it bit us in the ass there's not a damn thing that we could do about it uh, I felt like LeMayu left a lot of people on um, in running uh, running position as well as Gardner did. Those are our vets. Those are the guys that we need to count on. Uh, I bet you money that they're going to be in the um, um, you know uh, batting cages a lot in the next few days trying to figure out what's going on. We have a day off, so those guys will definitely step up next big time. Um, we were able to get two hits from LeMayu. He was uh, two for six for the night. That is great. Uh, Torres was, uh, one for, uh, one for four. He had also a walk in there. That was good to see that he continues to sit back and, and take a lot of pitches and make sure that those pitch counts gets up, gets up high. Um, Hicks was able to get a hit tonight and he was able to get an RBI. Um, he also struck out twice, which is not necessarily a good thing, but he, you know, he's getting his swing back and getting his timing back. Stanton had two hits tonight. 
Um, this was great. Uh, he had five at bats, but then when Wade came into the game for him, this is when Wade was able to get a, a big time run in here. So this was a great job again by Boone at um, taking out Stanton so that Wade could have an opportunity to keep us in the game. Uh, Fraser didn't get a hit. He struck out twice. He was 0 for 5 for the night. Bruce was 0 for 5, struck out twice as well. Uh, uh, Sanchez was 2 for 3, so this is a really good job. He was walked once as well. Um, he's just doing a really, really good job at, um, you know, at batting right now. He is continuing to prove that he is one of the best bats as far as catchers in the league. Uh, we are definitely excited about him. And Higgy, of course, stepped up and got one hit tonight at one at bat. And it, we were able to get an RBI, which was definitely an amazing RBI. I felt like we had an opportunity win at that moment. Uh, Urshela got two hits. He was five for two. Uh, he got one RBI as well. And Gardner was four for two. Uh, he got a strikeout. But, you know, again, this is something that is okay. He also got a, um, a score early in the inning. Um, I think it was the third or fourth inning, whatever inning that we scored there. He was able to uh, uh, get a pretty easy uh, score from third. So a great job, or second, great job by these guys um, at continuing to do great things throughout the game. Yeah, there was a lot of good things, um, a lot of positives to take from this. I, I do like how Sanchez has been swinging the bat so far. Um, he's had uh, multiple games with a couple hits. Um, he, he homered in the first two. That's great. He seems comfortable. He seems pretty confident. So, um, and yeah, I like the fact that it looks like he's just going to get uh, standard rest every five games. I think that's going to benefit him too. He can work out, do whatever, look at video. Um, I'm excited about Sanchez. Actually, um, I saw a Lindsay Adler posted a Fangraphs article about uh, Gary Sanchez. And I won't get too into all the statistics they use, but they have a lot of statistics that show based on... Um, based on where how he's been hitting and his uh they have this stat called BABIP which stands for batting average balls in play and they use that they kind of call it uh kind of like a luck it's kind of a way to gauge how lucky a, a, a hitter is um it's part luck and it's part location but uh everyone has a certain batting average for balls they hit into the field and if it's really 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 low then a lot of times there's a lot of luck that has to do with that part of it can be due to the placement um that your that your hits are going to if you're hitting them directly to fielders then of course you're even though it's in play your average is going to stay low but just based on on decades of numbers that they have that a really low BABIP normally means that there's uh, a good potential for a bounce back. And Gary's kind of been in that boat for the last couple of years. Um, so they really expect him to have a breakout season this year. He had some numbers, even though his overall numbers and his, uh, like his, his batting average weren't good. He had some numbers that showed uh, that showed a lot of potential, a lot of promise for 
him and a lot of reason to think that he'll be able to break out of the the slump that he was in. They mentioned uh, they mentioned Rugnet Odor as well in that uh, they were two of the lowest um, Babbitt players in the majors. So hopefully, uh, especially Sanchez and also Rugnet, if he's in the same boat, um, hopefully those stats turn out to be uh, correct and they each have a bounce back season. I really think Sanchez is is going to do it and definitely can. And we'll see if Rugnet can do it as well. Uh, I do like him as a player, so hopefully he'll be useful. Uh, I should correct. I did say he was on the 25-man roster. He's on the 40-man, uh, so he's with the team. He's not down to the minors, but he's not on the active roster on game days yet. So, Also, real quickly, injury update. Uh, Aaron Judge was put on the day-to-day. Um, he has a sore side. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. I'm not too sure. I think there was a play that he got a sore side from. Also, keep an eye on Urshela um, as uh, he took a really hard hit the very last out of the game. He was sliding into home plate. I look really nasty. I don't necessarily think he's going to be too injured, but definitely sore after that. Um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the game that we have on uh, Friday the ninth, I believe it is, against Tampa. We have Kluber on the a mound. Kluber did a great job. Uh, um, his first game, he had five Ks. This is something we love to see, especially as he bounces back um, from you know just a couple rough seasons. Uh, but Tampa, they have Hill on the mound right now. Um, he's one of uh, their better um, players as far as pitchers goes right now. They lost uh, a couple of uh, really good guys, but Hill. Uh, he is 41 years old. Uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, he hasn't faced the Yankees since 2006. So this will be interesting. Uh, the Yankees have pretty much, uh, they have a couple guys. DJ has seen him a lot. He's batting th- um, 333 on 12 at-bats with him. Um, Jay Bruce has seen him four times um, batting 250. So our guys are pretty, you know, the, the veterans on this team have, that have seen him in the last few years, uh, this will be a big thing. Now, um, again, I say Hill's one of their better pitchers. I take that with a grain of salt because, you know, uh, the Rays are, are full of a bunch of young pitchers. But with Hill's age and his experience, there's not a lot of uh, pitchers on the Rays that, that are the experience as he is. So um, he is definitely one of the anchors on this uh, team as far as rotation goes. So it'll be interesting to see how this 41-year-old um, ranks up with the Yankees or uh, marks up with the Yankees on Friday. Yeah, so we talked about the 40 man, the 41 year old man, and that made me think of Nelson Cruz. He is 40, and I just saw something. It's interesting, not to do with the Yankees, but it's baseball. Nelson Cruz, 40 years old. In his last 162 games, has hit 57 home runs. So he, I mean, it's not like the last 162. He hasn't played in every game, so I don't know how far that stretches back. But like in the equivalent of a baseball season, this 40-year-old has hit 57 home runs, wow. which is crazy. He's always been a great uh, home run hitter. So good, good for, for Nelly. Good yeah, for Nelly. Yeah, no doubt. 
Well, I just want to thank everybody here for listening to the Yankee Death Star. It has been a pleasure to be able to talk to each one of you guys. Um, I'm Dave. Um, definitely not the brains of the group, but uh, I love to be able to talk to everybody and be able to break down the games. Um, you know, uh, my brother, Mark, he lives in Connecticut for right now. Uh, he is definitely having some good times out there. So, uh, Mark, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously the ending is disappointing. You know, the play at the plate wasn't as close as you'd like to see it if it's going to be at the plate. Um, and, you know, but I, I appreciate them battling. Um, obviously if our bats aren't working, then, you know, a lot of the, that great pitching is, it goes to waste, but in the end, um, you know, it's a long season, so we're just going to keep on doing it, man. Yeah. Waiter Talkman wouldn't have had a chance to get home on that little owner Shella I felt bad that they even sent him, especially since he got smacked in the face. It was the commentators were saying how you have to try it. And I'm like, no, you don't. If you're definitely not going to get it, what's the point? But it's uh yeah it was it was kind of a long shot anyway at that point so uh want to yeah one more thing before the game uh on friday we will have an episode tomorrow we will go more deep into the game on friday then and talk about a couple of other things um i did see that justin wilson has thrown uh, he just threw like 20 pitches off the mound yesterday and Boone says that he's on track to return before Friday's game. So that would be awesome. Let's hope he stays on that track and and maybe we'll get to see him Friday or or later on this weekend. So Yeah, man, I totally agree. It will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, this is, again, uh, one of our favorite podcasts that we do. And we just appreciate everybody uh, coming on here and listening to us. Uh, we are continuing to be ranked in the top 250, so that is really cool to be able to see. Uh, that's because of all you guys listening to us. Um, you know, we picked this name because uh, we totally believe it's exactly what the Yankees are. And, you know, it's always nice to be able to be Star Wars, Star Wars nerds. Uh, Matt likes to talk like Yoda, so you'll be listening to a lot of that throughout the uh, time. Uh, he will get into some deep Yoda shit. So uh, he might even go baby Yoda on us. I don't even know yet. So that will be fun to see. But I do appreciate everyone listening to us. And we will be back tomorrow with another episode um, of the uh, Yankee Death Star. And my name is Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. Thanks for listening. <laughs>